business leader looking for next? I was. Are you an athlete transitioning to next? I wasn't. If you're looking for your next, this is the space for you. This is the Business Athlete Performance Lab. Hi, I'm Keith Billis, and this is Live in the Lab. All right. A little bit of weirdness in front of the camera there for anybody who's watching. Cause I'm like, hey, where's the button? Where's the button? I can't get it going. How did you go viral on TikTok? You were on America's Got Talent. How much did you get paid to be on AGT? Oh, you didn't get paid. Keith and Steve here in the live in the lab. You're a great interviewer. I love it. 48 miles, 48 hours. And not just once. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> I hit 50 last time and I'm like, yeah, things are a little different than they were 10 years ago. So trust me, things are to keep you. have no time for the BS that much yeah. of society seems to put on the table. Why is that? Like what you're talking about is real right now. Like, there's just no bullshit here, but it's just real. We brought you in with some Marley. I said, Joseph, let's talk music for a second. You said, well, Keith, oldies, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I've never talked to a sir before. Why are you a sir? In many ways, we're the same story. I came from nothing. <laughs> You came from nothing. I think the old saying goes that if you want a trophy, you climb Everest. If you want respect, you climb K2. I've built an AI myself, and it's pretty fascinating when you can have a conversation with yourself with your own knowledge. Have you done that before? Why are we rushing to make these tools if they're all they're going to do is hurt humanity? Does the world need an Oppenheimer moment with AI? What a fun show. Hey, nation. What's going on? What's going on, my friends? You got Keith Billis sitting here. I always do. I'm bringing it. Bringing the attitude. We're bringing it to the lab. We know we do. You're listening to this right now, dropping in the inbox 6 a.m. or somewhere around that time. We drop them every single day. Inside.baffle.ai. That's where we get your trusty tips, tips and tricks, advice, content to hold you to your accountability, to content to move your life forward, content to help you get to your next. All my athlete friends, all my business leaders out there. And you know what? I've been thinking to myself as we're creating the content and creating the brand. I've been successful in my career by doing what everybody else doesn't do. So I'm not going to sit here for the next week or two and give you reflective content and wish you all the happy holidays and give you the best of list and the best not of list. And I'm just not going to rehash what every other salmon is doing in the stream. I'm going to sum upstream. I'm going to give you helpful stuff. I'm going to show up every single day over the next couple of weeks during holiday season, because I know you're going to, and I know you're going to have your struggles over that time. Wondering who's out there listening to me right now. I don't want to go work out. I don't want to go for a walk. I don't want to go sit back and take care of my mind. I don't want to crack into the extra dish of food, or maybe I do. And I want somebody to hear me in the morning in my own head that I was okay doing that. You know, we talk about next steps, talk about accountability. We talk about acceptance. We talk about beginning again. So I said to myself this morning before I sat down in the chair and I said, Hey, do I want to just keep giving these guys all these things they should be doing? All these reflective, mushy, crushy things over the next couple of weeks? Nah, I'm going to show up. I'm just going to bring what I bring every single day. I'm going to bring you advice. I'm going to bring you things that I've learned. And we're going to talk. We're going to have a conversation. So I'm going to keep putting stuff in your inbox. Keep, keep putting stuff in the podcast feed. So you can start your day with me. You can start your day with the content from the lab. Content from great guests like Craig Cook coming up today content from great guests like 
CFL legend, CFL Hall of Famer, Adam Big Hill. Content from NHL greats like Dale Weiss. Content from business leaders from Clash TV like Jonathan Anastas. We're meeting with some of the world's LinkedIn's greatest business leaders. And we're meeting with athletes out there that have won championships, have won gold medals, Olympians, Stanley Cup champions. They're all coming here to the lab. They're all coming here to tell their stories about how they're getting from the next stage of their career to the next. We're sitting here with guys like Jonathan Petcash, who's tracking how sports and tech and businesses merging together. We're having these conversations around duality in sports. No longer is it just good enough to be an athlete. You're now an athlete, you're a creator, you're an investor, you're more than just an athlete. That's the content we're bringing you. And then along the way, we can help you. Help you be accountable to your next. Offering you solutions. Maybe you want your own talk show. Maybe you want your own newsletter. Maybe you want to own your brand. Why do you want Zuckerberg to own it? Or the guys at Google? Right now, all those social networks, all those followers you have, they're just rented. You don't own them. Hmm. Maybe something you want to consider. Maybe you want to bring it home into your own house. Build your own database of content. Your own tribe. So as you're proceeding through your athletic career and moving to your next, you're set for next. Or perhaps you're that business leader going, hmm, how do I communicate with my audience more? How do I communicate with my team members more? How do I communicate with my customers more? I know how you do it. Because I do it every single day. You start yourself a communication, a content pattern. Create content to engage with your community. Create content to engage with your customers. Put your narrative out there before somebody else does. Own your narrative, and it's not complicated. Starting a show like this has never been easier, but could you do it? We do it every single day. You need some help? Come look us up. All right, good timing on the music. No plans for that. Hey, listen, I was serious when I said, I'm going to show up every single day. We're going to pop up. We're going to pop live feeds, pop up shows. I'm going to show up in the inbox. But hey, let's move our attention to why we're here today. We got somebody who's got a book. He's got a book. You know how daddy feels about books here in the lab. You know how I feel about systems here in the lab. Craig Cook. He's an author. He's a speaker, he's a consultant, and he's an advisor, and he's a kung fu specialist, a business kung fu specialist. So Craig's sitting over there in the room, up in the green room. You know, you know how it works. So I'm going to turn my attention, turn the volume down, shift our attention over there, and bring Craig Cook. What's that? Can I say his name? We're going to bring Craig Cook into the room and talk kung fu fighting great cook live in the lab how was that intro for you today mr cook <laughs> keith that was awesome yeah listening to that uh, i'm just honored to be here because realizing this is a show of champions like <laughs> man wow 
Hey, I'm honored to sit here every single day. So the goal here is maybe we can make this show look a gold medal show chair. So somebody, other people are aspiring to sit in a chair like somebody wanted to sit in Letterman's chair and somebody wanted to sit in Leno's chair. And now yeah. I'm dating myself there, Mr. Cook. Now I'm dating myself. Yeah, but I'll date myself too because I understand what you're talking about. <laughs> but it's true though. I'm going to be honest with you from marketer to marketer. Uh, when we started this thing, I uh, just jump right into kind of business vulnerability. When we started this, it was important to me that we just drew a line in the sand and i was like let's pick a time slot noon let's go live for no other reason but uh, but everybody else isn't and and it was easy for me to make that commitment which was all right live at noon central i'm alive anyways i'm i'm, I'm awake i'm breathing um right. what a wonderful way to make a public commitment and then what a wonderful way to make an accountability commitment every single day to the public that i'm going to show up every single day so you talk about yeah. the ultimate in accountability craig cook this show is the ultimate in accountability because I need to show up for my listeners every single day because the moment I don't, ugh. Yeah, there's no faking it. You can't. It's been the biggest learning too, frankly, has been the idea of having to show up creatively. Again, you're a creator. So having to show up, it's one thing to show up, you know, bring yourself to work every single day, but it's another thing to have to creatively bring yourself to work every single day is a whole other bag of salt. You're speaking my language, 100%, man. So let's speak your language. So before we jump too far into our dialogue, uh, where's Craig Cook from? You do the intro so I can do the recording. I can put it into the old collection later and I can say, hey, here's Craig Cook in, in, in a minute or less. Who's Craig Cook? Cool. So um, I was born and raised in Southern California. I'm in, uh, I reside in Orange County, uh, Southern California here. And I lived actually here all my life. Family's from back east, but lived here all my life. And um uh, I started a digital marketing agency way back in the 20th century, a digital first company, actually, when uh, that wasn't even a term, digital first, digital transformation, but we were doing all that uh, way back then. Uh, built it, grew it, sold it in 2019, then stayed on for three more years as CEO and then left last year. And now I've started a new chapter and, and here I am today. Why did you leave? You know, it's it was time to start a new chapter. You know, after 26 years of running the company, Mm -hmm. You know, it's great. You know, great, great experience, great journey. Mm -hmm. But I equate every uh, year to a mile, like in a marathon, mm -hmm. 26 years, yeah. 26 miles. Yeah. And that race was over. You know, I finished it and I had a pinnacle of success. And uh, it was time to start a new chapter in life to really define a new purpose moving forward. And, uh, and I've done that. And I'm, I'm at the beginning stages of it right now. Good on you, Craig. I asked the question because, as you know, we're, we're, we're speaking to leaders, athletes who are transitioning from one stage to the next. And and you were fortunate enough to, to make the decision yourself after 26 years. Some of these guys don't get to make the decision themselves. And they all of a sudden wake up on Monday going, OK, I got to go figure out what's next in my life. So when you went through the transition, Craig, was it uh, did you know after 26 years or was it was it a process with your family? Was it just like a light go on? It, uh, was it an age demographic thing? Like, I'm, I'm intrigued by how you arrived at the decision and then going through it. Yeah, it was just, you know, a big thing was the passion is a huge driver, right? right. Anybody. Mm -hmm. And after 26 years, it was just time for something new so I could have more of a fire in my heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, that was a big decision, um, driver of the decision. And with my family, family is great. My wife and two kids, and they're very supportive. So there really wasn't an, an issue uh, there at all. It was just like, it's, it's 
time for a change. And I, and I took the, when I left last year, I took the rest of the year to just decompress, you know, again, from after a marathon, I had to rest a bit, right? Uh, but during that time is when I really started thinking like, uh, you know, what's, what's my purpose moving forward? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I took that time, you know, it, it took adequate time to really think that through and define what that's going to look like. And, and like I said, now I'm just embarking on that new journey. It's just a, a new adventure. That's the way I'm kind of treating it. It's like, ah, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a new adventure, and it's cool. And and I can get the sense from the tone of voice that you have that you're very grateful for this new adventure. Absolutely, I have uh, so much appreciation and gratitude for the journey that I've been on, the success that I've achieved, and my relationships. Just all my blessings in life. It's uh, it's just amazing and i'm so grateful for it so chris i sold my company uh you know when i when i when i started my social business uh let's talk about the insights that you know after 26 years of of you being with with your business what insights can you offer to entrepreneurs business leaders uh athletes uh that could help them navigate that emotional and then the practical aspects of such a major shift you've went through it it sounds like you've been successfully gone through it when you reflect upon it, what advice would you offer up now to somebody who's considering it? Yeah, for the for the transition itself, um, you really need to one take make sure you're taking care of yourself. And when I say that, I'm talking about the entire being. Yeah. I'm not talking about just physically or just mentally. Yeah, you have to have the proper mindset. Um, but the mindset involves more than just the mind. The way I, I look at it, there's there's the mind, body, spirit in, in one way. I, I'm a study, uh, you, know, you mentioned Chinese Kung Fu, that's what I've studied, mm-hmm. but I'm also a Qigong practitioner, and mm-hmm. that could be a topic that we get into as well. Mm-hmm. And it's really about, um, from a Chinese medicine perspective, the three bodies, uh, the physical body, the energy body, and the spirit body. And you really need to be addressing all those three bodies to take care of yourself properly so that you can perform at an optimal level. And, and when you're going through this transition phase, you really have to be taking care of yourself. And then as you get into your new venture, uh, you really have to continue to take care of yourself. There's a whole lesson I learned from my past business of where I didn't, that perhaps we can talk about. But I would say the big one is, is making sure that you're taking care of yourself, your entire being, so that you can think clearly and operate effectively moving forward. Craig, too many listening structure and systems are important <clears throat> to when, when we talk about taking full of our holistic body there's a sense of ah, I don't know what, fluffiness involved it's like what does that mean it would seem to me that you found is it qigong qigong yes Qi, Qi. qigong yeah so to our audience i want you first of all to explain what it is and then b uh I, i'm suspecting that it was the structure you needed when you found it to put those three principles in practice for you. Am I correct? Uh, absolutely. And it's an interesting story. So my first exposure to Qigong was when I studied Chinese Kung Fu when I was younger, because mm-hmm. there's, there's three categories of Qigong. There's martial Qigong, there's medical Qigong, and spiritual Qigong. And if we take a step backwards, Qigong, what does that mean? It just means energy skill. Qi, energy, gong, skill. Mm-hmm. So the, the skill of working with energy. Uh, some people might think, uh, oh, that sounds too woo-woo and fluffy, airy-fairy, all that stuff, right? But let's let's look at what Nikolai Tesla and Albert Einstein said. I'm just kind of paraphrasing here, but they both have said everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. And when you look at quantum mechanics, quantum physics, 
they're talking about the same things that this ancient wisdom has spoken about for centuries upon centuries. And Qigong is a way of working with energy, frequency, and vibration to address those three different bodies, the spirit body, the energy body, and the physical body to have an impact, whether it's uh, in applications in life, whether it's martial, medical, or spiritual. And I came across the medical Qigong in 2014 at a point of when I was operating my business. I was, um, at that point, I think it was the third year that we were on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing private companies, rapid growth phase, um, you know, hiring a lot of employees, ba balancing all their needs with client needs, prospects, vendors, family life, all the stress and pressures of a running a business like yeah, I'm sure you appreciate. And I really found myself out of balance and off-centered with myself. And I came across a gentleman named Russ Anderson who just happened to be less than five minutes down the street from my office. And it's funny because if he was like a half hour away or further, I probably would have been like, oh, that sounds so awesome. I'd like to go, but I don't have time, right? But yeah, just through, I believe in divine providence, uh, the way it worked out, he was less than five minutes. So I was like, yeah, I'll go check this guy out, see if he's the real deal. That's interesting. I never come across a Qigong practitioner before. Went, had an amazing experience. And then I went to go see him once a month for six months. And at the end of the six months, I just found myself much more centered and balanced. And then he asked me, hey, you want to learn this stuff? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And so in the beginning of 2015, I started training with him and I've um, been you know, working on cultivating uh, energy and, and um, I actually even do energy medicine on other people now as well. I've done over 800 sessions in the past nine years. And now that I have more time available, I actually enrolled in a doctorate program for Chinese energy medicine last year, which um, is being taught by one of the most renowned masters in the world, prolific author, uh, Jerry Allen Johnson. Uh, just uh, really amazing man, amazing program. And I'll be finished with that uh, in August next year. What was that first experience like as a practitioner with your first patient? I'm a big fan of the moment behind mm. the moment, right? So there's the, okay, well, I'm doing my first patient. No, no, take, take me to the hours leading up to it, the night before, the moment walking in, the session. I really wanted to learn about that moment. That's, that's intriguing to me. Yeah, that's, that's a cool question. So yeah, when I started training, um, there was probably about a good six months of just cultivation, just doing various Qigong exercises to develop. With, uh, with who? Yourself? With your instructor? Uh, both. Uh, okay. My instructor and then also him giving me exercises that I would do on a daily basis. Uh, you know, since I was running my company, I had to do it at night. So usually it'd be probably around after the kids went to bed, it'd be around uh, 9 p.m., 10 p.m. And I'd be at it for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would just keep cultivating, cultivating, do these exercises. And then after about six months, then that's when he started bringing some people in. And there's one person in particular that would come see him a lot that she was really highly energetically sensitive. Some people, they're very uh, closed off and armored and... Mm -hmm. uh, they don't really uh, have a sensitivity to the micro pulsations of energy and mm -hmm. other people are on the other end of the spectrum. Well, this particular lady was on that other end of the spectrum where she was extremely sensitive to uh, call them the micro pulsations of, of energy. So uh, when she's on the table, I say, you're going to, going to work on here, here, do this, do this, do this, do this. Okay. So um, when you're doing this, the person's laying down on, on a massage table and it's mostly hands off and with your mind, 
the imagination leads the mind, the mind leads the chi. Um, so with my mind, I'm running energetic patterns, running the chi in patterns. So I, I go to begin, and as I was standing there, all of a sudden her body starts to react. Yeah, you know, if, if anyone has never um, seen a, a, a Qigong session when someone's like this, the, the body, the physical body actually responds to the energy that's moving around the body and with inside the body. So I'm directing the chi and all of a sudden I see like her, her hand starts to move her fingers and then other parts of her body. I'm like, whoa, I like look over at my instructor with like big eyes, wide eyes and this massive smile. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm doing this. And he just, he just has this big grin on his face. Like you silly guy. Like, yeah, of course you are. You know, <laughs> it's real dude. You know, and I'm just like, well, it's a, it was an amazing moment, actually, because, you know, it's one thing to kind of hear about it and, and talk about it. And you really don't understand it and truly until you experience it, just like a lot of things in life. Anyways, it's really through experience, uh, true knowledge. And was it that moment when you started to reconsider your your new purpose in life, when you realized yeah. that you act? that you had the ability to, to have a different effect on a human being. Uh, absolutely. I was like, wow, this is, um, it was an amazing thing for me and what it did for me. And that's when he asked me, like, do you want to learn this? I was like, oh, yes, absolutely. Because mm -hmm. one is what it did for me. But then I was thinking, wow, what a great thing to share with others. Mm -hmm. And um, as I started to work with people and I just made the time. I, mean, I was super busy with uh, running the company, but I made time, extra time for this. And it was just another added to the plate to balance, but I made the time for it. And I'm so happy that I did. And, and in defining my purpose in life moving forward, it's a big part of it. You know, the, this, this practice is a, is a major part of it. I have a lot of people that come to see me, you know, anywhere from uh, a dozen to two dozen people a month that come in. I have someone in a couple hours coming in for a session and, I uh, work with a lot of professional people, actually, and it's just a, a wonderful thing to, to share. And I'm, I'm just so uh, grateful that it, it came across my life. It strikes me. So we often talk about identity here in the lab, Craig. Uh, okay. Athletes who have, who have played one sport their entire life and who strive to play one sport their entire life and then wake up going, okay, well, I'm, I'm no longer a hockey player or a football player. I'm, I'm now going to be something else. And they have to shed that skin. Well, for 26 or 30 perhaps some odd years you were a business leader you were something very different it would strike me now that you would introduce yourself as craig cook the the shigong instructor because i can see the passion in your eyes i can see the enthusiasm it's really your new purpose it's your new identity isn't it craig yeah and it's interesting when you talk about an identity because we have all these various identities yes uh, as we interact with people out there and yeah, one of my identities was being a CEO of a company and, and, you know, other people like, yeah, you know, I'm this, I'm that. But if you think about it, really, that's not who we truly are. Those are all layers that mm -hmm. like shedding the skin, like we peel away. Like I'm, I'm a former CEO. I'm a, a, a business consultant slash mm -hmm. advisor. Uh, I'm a Qigong practitioner, uh, energy healer. I'm an author, right? These, but is that truly who I am now? Mm -hmm. Who am I truly? You, you peel away all that stuff. What, who am I, right? That's the question. Who am I really? And at the end of the day, I like to express it as, as really, I'm a unique divine expression of the creator here mm -hmm. to express joy and service to others. Too. Has, con continuing with Qigong, uh, one last question about it, 
Craig, I'm curious, as you have embraced it, did it improve your relationships and connections with people close to you? Yes, 100%. Yeah, because um, one thing, you, as you get more centered and balanced, you just, there's a lot of these ancillary benefits. You know, mm -hmm. patients, I was already a patient guy, but that patient can, patients can really be put to the test when you're running a company and you have so much stress and pressures. I did find myself having a much shorter fuse uh, at times. Uh, that was part of being out of balance and off-centered. And unfortunately, those that you're close with, um, you know, bear the brunt of that at times, right? So just uh, being able to get back to myself, uh, more centered, balanced, uh, just having more patience uh, with people, uh, that really improves relationships. And really, I like to say you have to be right with yourself first in order to have positive interactions with others. It all starts with yourself. And a, a Qigong practice, there's all kinds of practices out there. You know, for me, my path, hmm. Qigong was highly effective and can be for many. Uh, but it really helps you do that inner work that transformational work so that you can become a better version of yourself and once you become a better version of yourself you can then really be out in the world having much more positive interactions with others mm -hmm. let's move from shigong let's move all the way back to 10 years old mm. let's talk about being a young businessman how how being a young man uh, getting immersed in business at just 10 years old shaped your entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, and what key lessons, Craig, from those early days as a young boy, you know, and as you grew up in business, how did it influence your decision-making today? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in an entrepreneurial family, you know, small business. Mm -hmm. So at 10 years old, I started washing dishes in my mom's restaurant, you know, small restaurant. Mm -hmm. But it was cool because, you know, I, I spent a lot of time by myself. Yeah, my mom, single mom, uh, working super hard you know, all the time. And uh, yeah, just, just you know, she did what she had to do. And I had a lot of time by myself. So when I went to go work, you know, in the restaurant, and when I was around people, I didn't mind it. I, I kind of enjoyed it, really, even though it was that washing dishes, which, you know, nowadays I hate washing dishes because I washed enough dishes for a lifetime you know, between <laughs> the ages of 10 and 13. Uh, it was like, whoa, you know. There's a lot of dishes. And um, at 13 years old, I became a busboy. And then um, at 16, I became a, a waiter. And growing up in that environment, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was just a wonderful experience uh, working hard. And, and a restaurant really teaches you a lot of things. It teaching, teaches you how to be organized, how to be efficient, uh, not, not to waste any time. Uh, how to do sales, communication, teamwork. Uh, there's there's so many lessons in in working in a restaurant environment, which which is you know wonderful, and that really had an impact for me that I carried forward uh, the the rest of my life. And just growing up in that this entrepreneurial family, uh, it just kind of set the stage. Like, yeah, I'd like to own my own business one day. You know, at the time I, I didn't know what it would be, but that was a, a really instilled into me as a as a young kid the hard work ethic the showing up right you mentioned oh yeah you mentioned single mom mom couldn't take a day off could she so she had to show up every single day every single day and she worked hard man like like i i work hard and 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 but man i don't know how she did some of the stuff that she did you know i really don't Craig, everybody thinks they work hard Everybody's, ah, work hard. Everybody's busy. Everybody's working hard. It's such a, I don't know, is, I don't want to use the word a cliche statement, yeah. but everybody says they're working hard 
yet everybody wonders why they're not making enough money or doing or getting further ahead in life. Let's talk about working hard, Craig, for a moment. Let's go off script. Like, what's what the hell does that mean? Like, you, <laughs> yeah, you worked hard. You work hard. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a great question because it's open to interpretation, right? Yeah. What is hard? You know, from what you ask 100 people, they're going to give you 100 different responses, right? So what I like to say about working hard um, is having a disciplined approach to work. You know, right before the show, we, we talked about, you know, mm -hmm. what you're doing, you know, mm -hmm. which I admire quite a bit. And uh, a big thing is, is discipline, you know, showing up every day. I, I write about this in my book, just like what you had said before we started. Uh, the first aspect of discipline is showing up. And and it's weird, man. Not everybody shows up every day. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. is, it is though, right? And it's weird. It doesn't compute for me, and I don't think it computes for you either. But uh, some people are like, yeah, I'm working hard, but they didn't show up yesterday, or you know, tomorrow they're not going to show up either. Like, really? Are you working hard, dude? I don't think yes. so. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to show up. You got to show up every day. You have to put yourself in play, be on the field you know, in the ring. And I recognize, and I know you do, and I'm sure the audience recognizes that, sh you know, showing up at hundred percent is very different than showing up at 90% or 80%. It's just the idea of still stepping into the gym, right? It's the metaphor that I have gym being the, the, the Shigong studio, a place you lift weights, a place you go for meditation. It's the lab, it's the gym, it's a metaphor. It's just getting your foot in there. Cause once you get in there, magic happens. Right. You could, you could, it's just getting your, it's just getting there. Right. That's just the first thing Just show up to get there and let yourself be there. Yeah. You got, got to show up. You have to show up. And then there's two other layers. Uh, you know, I have a whole chapter on discipline in mm -hmm. my book and the first level is showing up. Like you said, that's when magic can happen. However, some people they'll show up, but then they're not productive. <laughs> the heck man, you know, and that's the second part. Like, you know, you're going to the gym you're not going to be like, standing around talking to people and be social hour. I mean, some people might, but you know, you're there to, to get strong, right? You gotta live, you know, do your, go through your routine and, and get it done, you know, be productive, right? So that's the, the second layer, it's being productive. But then, you know, there's, there's showing up and, and being productive and, and people may think they're being productive, but are they? Are they really producing value? So the third layer is being effective, you know, showing up, doing the work, being productive, but are you doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. Is the right, doing the right things will produce value. And that's where effectiveness comes in. So those are three layers of discipline that I like to talk about. And um, when it comes to working hard, you have to be operating at those three levels. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, what are you doing, right? Mm -hmm. You're just pretending. Spinning your wheels perhaps, right? Yeah, spinning your wheels, pretending, kind of thinking uh, you're this, but you're not. You know, there's uh, ego that could be involved. Uh, all, all kinds of things at play. And, and I think what I often like to offer up to my to my to my teammates here in the lab is that if you're going through that, it, it's okay. Actually, like it's okay. Ha have awareness. Be ha have awareness. Create some recognition of the fact that you're spinning your wheels right now because if you're listening to this you're like holy fuck actually what they're saying right now I'm, that's me so we're not judging you like we're, we're just offering up the that's fact right. that this could be happening and if it's happening yeah. have the awareness and say all right make a pivot come call daddy here in the lab we'll come chat it out right but you know you um and i often like to talk about beginning again right because uh we i know i do often place so much emphasis on the streak oh, i can't break my streak 
Like I got to show up every single day. Well, some days the streak might end. And if the streak ends, you have to have the courage to begin again. So if you're kind of cutting the rut right now and you're struggling with the discipline as Craig's talking about, that's okay. Just pause, have awareness, right? Okay. Yeah. Actually what they're saying right now is resonating for me. And then recognize and try to start again tomorrow, right? Because it's easy just to keep doing what you did yesterday. And it's easy to keep doing what you did the day before, right? And going, ah, yeah, yeah. I'm listening to what they're saying, but I'm not really doing anything about it. Well, no, no, it's okay because sometimes we need permission, right, Craig? We need permission from somebody else to say it's actually okay to stop before we go forward. Yeah, you, you just hit on a, a bunch of great points. You know, in the early days of my business, I made so many mistakes. Yes. Uh, oh, just mistake after mistake after mistake. And that's how we learn. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. how we learn usually the, the most is through mistakes. Like, oh, I won't do that again, right? But, it, but it, you do have to have that awareness that you mentioned to acknowledge, oh, yeah, that was a mistake. I'm not going to do that again. You know, moving forward, let me go about it this way, mm-hmm. right? That, that's so important. So what, what you talked about it is critical. And then when you're in this pattern of, of, mm-hmm. a, of a certain routine that's not being effective, you know, which, which you mentioned, you got you to break that pattern. I like to call it, you got to change, change the song. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Change the song, break the pattern. You establish a new rhythm. Uh, that's that's so important because otherwise, you know, the definition of insanity that everyone quotes these days, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's, that's not going to happen. You got to you got to change, establish a, a new rhythm, change the song, break mm-hmm. pattern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's change the pattern to the digital evolution. Uh, you've been around a while running business uh, in '96. When you started your business, the digital landscape was very different oh, yeah. than, than what it is today. Oh, yeah. Talk, oh, about, man. talk about somebody who's sitting back right now and thinking, hmm, I want to start a digital first company right now. I want to start a digital agency right now. Give them some tips, Craig, that you learned 26, 30 years ago that you could start today with AI, with you know so many tools available, so much creative opportunities available. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because you know back today, even though it's same digital, all these digital technologies, internet, all yeah. this great stuff, uh, s- similar as to when things were starting then, but it's also different. There's just there's so much more now. It's so much more complex, so more sophisticated. Uh, starting today, if I was w- wanted to restart uh, going into digital, I would really apply a focus. Yeah, I would I would pick uh, a certain aspect, whether it's a, a technology like AI. Mm-hmm. And then I'd also apply, okay, well, how am I going to apply this to a certain industry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, really, and then really develop a set of core services or products, products and services that you can target a specific industry on and, and then go from there. You can always broaden out, but I would, I would start with a focus but I would also, with that focus, not have uh, blinders on because I'll share an example. Mm-hmm. When uh, we first started, this is, this is a big mistake I made. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 1996, and uh, we're just uh, launching um, our website. And at, back then, it was called rhythmnet.com, and it was a website to market independent music. And that's where people could way back in 1996, go to the website, discover these independent musical artists, read about them, listen to song samples and buy their CDs online through a secure server. There was no broadband at the time, uh, no MP3s. 
Um, There's only 30 million people worldwide online at the time, and everyone was afraid to buy stuff using their credit card. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. that, that was then. Uh, one of my vendors that we had got our high speed internet connection from a T1 line uh, at the time called uh, the hosting provider. And he's like, all right, you ready for this ride, man? You know, this is 1996. And, you know, they're, they're sending up a bunch of companies with these high-speed connections. So they know what's up and what's going on. Now, yeah, this is going to be great. He's all right. Well, you know, we come across a lot of companies. So if you want to um, uh, get some work, I can definitely refer you some some companies that you can work with. And I was so focused on what we were doing with marketing, this, you know, the independent music and the website that we created for that particular purpose, that was an opportunity that could have been huge for us. And I had the blinders on and I didn't see it. And I said, oh, that's cool. I really appreciate that. But no, that's okay. I, you know, we're really focused on this. And you know, we didn't have any money. We started the company with $1,300 a piece. There's three of us and a computer. And uh, just you know, lack of, we didn't know anybody. We're young. I was 25. And that was an opportunity that I didn't even recognize because that could have they could have brought companies to us at a much earlier stage that would help fund that operation much better. And we could advance the, the core business uh, much faster too. Because a couple of years later, we ended up doing a pivot and started focusing on companies actually, because it was like all these companies started asking us, can you do a website for us? Oh yeah, sure, sure. Oh wow, we can actually make money and live. Um, so we pivoted and, and uh, started focused in on companies and then kept the music thing on as a side project. So, the, so learning, yeah. the learning from that was when somebody, so on my entrepreneurial guys out there, when somebody comes to you and says, Hey, can you do this? And you can do it. You say, yes, you, yes. Don't, you don't say no. I'm not That's right. All right. hundred percent. Cause I never did that again. Cause uh, as we moved forward and, and you, you know how things in this industry evolve, there's always new technologies and platforms. So, you know, back then it was the same thing. Like every week, something new was coming out, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, I'd be selling something and someone would want something new, like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. No problem. Mm -hmm. And um, didn't know how to do it, but got the job and then went and figured out how to do it. But at that point, it had enough confidence in my abilities that I knew that I could figure it out and get it done. Like mm -hmm. it, it wasn't. Um, being fake. It was like, well, I don't know that, but I'll figure it out and I'll get it done for sure. As we continue our conversation around the digital evolution, Craig, and, and where we sit today, moving into 2024, I believe the value resides more than ever around the human story and the human narrative and the human words and, and, the, and the soul and the culture behind the words. Uh, I did a piece this last week. Uh, I spun off a piece off a gentleman who wrote in Substack around, um, you know, that we're losing culture within words um, be because of all the AI generated content, right? And there's, and, and it, it's never been easier to create content. The, the benchmark for the creation of content has never been lower. I, I look at it now thinking, now's the time to double down on human stories and human related and soul driven content that's meaningful to Craig and meaningful to Keith and, and so forth. And that, that to me, I think is the opportunity within this, the digital evolution, the AI evolution coming up in front of us. Comment on that. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great point. And I agree. It's the human story that people are always wanting to 
uh, discover and learn about. It's how we connect uh, with each other is through our story, it's our background. You know, storytelling is, is you know, our most ancient form of, of entertainment, you know, around the fire telling stories, right? And, you know, when you meet someone new, typically you tell each other your background and what's your background is your story, you know, and, and that's how we connect. So yeah, with all the AI stuff, yeah, you can generate a lot of content and you be much more uh, efficient. <laughs> Effectiveness is a whole other aspect, right? It depends on how you're going about it. But um, leveraging the tools, yeah, it's great. It's all great stuff in the human element because without that, there is no connection. It's, it's not going to resonate uh, with anybody. So yeah, I agree 100% stories, human connection. It's imperative moving forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, we would not be able to create this daily show without the AI tools enabling us with workflows and processes and so yeah. forth, right? It's it's been a it's been a game changer in that perspective. So, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about accountability. Mm. How has being accountable to yourself daily improved every other aspect of your life? And did that come purely from your discovery of Qigong? Uh, you know, accountability is is definitely important. You have to be accountable. And I would say I had aspects of accountability before Qigong. And actually, it's more from my study of Chinese Kung Fu, mm -hmm. the discipline and accountability. Uh, it's funny when, when early on, uh, I would get some of my friends involved and my teacher would be teaching me and I'd be like concerned that like they weren't doing this or that. And he's like, don't worry about them. Worry about yourself. Just, just do your, what you're supposed to do. Okay. Okay. And I finally understood why, because, you know, you got... You got to focus on yourself and build yourself, right? Um, and you either can do it or you can't. So when, because when you go into spar and you were taught something and you're supposed to apply it and you, you apply it wrong and, you know, you get hit, ouch. <laughs> you know? it's, there's an accountability. There's like, well, yeah, I, I need to work on that. You know, I, I didn't do that right. I didn't learn it right. I didn't understand it. Yeah, I, I need to work on that. So th there is a big aspect of accountability. But I'll tell you, though, that's in that physical environment. There were there was a time in particular, and I just relayed this story to someone else recently, uh, a business lesson. This is probably like early 2000s. Uh, there's one gentleman who was a client who became a mentor, actually, after a period of time. Um, he hired us to do this particular project and one of our programmers um, did something wrong and it wasn't functioning properly and so he was upset and I had to get on a call with him to talk about it and he's asking me what happened and I'm letting him know well the programmer you know messed up this blah 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 and it's really kind of me pointing the finger doing this <laughs> yeah I was being honest with what happened mm -hmm. but I wasn't really taking accountability and man he he laid into me a, a verbal assault for like a good 10 minutes that felt like an hour um you know just telling you hey man he's your employee you're the leader of the company mm -hmm. it's on you you're accountable it's 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 you it's not him it's you and you know he went on and on about it but it was like i, I just remember that because that was a big lesson for me like oh yeah he's right because um it's one thing like the earlier example with martial arts mm -hmm. you know myself and you know being accountable but then when you're leading a team in business, it's a whole other level. There is that aha moment though, isn't there, Craig? Where you're like, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that I is was, my was responsibility. Like, that is my responsibility, right? Yes, yes. It ultimately, you know, falls on my shoulders. Even if, um, say, that person did that, and if it was uh, out of my control and I was matter. busy doing all these other things, it's still yes. my responsibility. 
Yes. Know, yeah. On me. And that is, again, I, I, what I like to offer up here with our, with the folks listening is those awareness moments. There's somebody listening right now who has been in the same situation you were in, I have been in going, that's nah, not our fucking fault. No, it's not our fault. No, not at all. No, actually, hold on. Slow down. Um, it might be. And if it is, it's okay. It's permission for it to be okay. Just accept it. Your customer is going to love it when you accept it. And then you move on. 100%. Because I'll, I'll share this other story. You hit it right on the button. And it can make you stand out from others. Because whenever you move, move past that moment, moving forward, that was like, mm. Never going to do that again. You know, <laughs> there's mis- yes. lessons and mistakes, right? Yes. So it was always a standout whenever, you know, you always have best intentions, but not everything goes to plan. You make mistakes. We're all humans. Um, and we had always own up to it and be accountable for it. It was, it was part of our brand culture was to be accountable. And it was a standout for clients. So like when we were held accountable, uh, when we owned up to it, things, they were like, oh, wow, thanks. They were so appreciative. And then mm-hmm. we moved forward. And I remember this one gentleman walked into my office and he had hired this other company already to do their website. And he was coming in for some advice. Hey, I had to talk to you about something. You know, he was like the next building over. He's all, he told me the situation and it was going, the project was going south on him. And he said, so I said, well, well, what did, you know, the vendor say to you about it? You know, the company doing his website. And well, he said, well, he told me that they're not accountable. They're not going to be accountable for this. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? Really? You gotta be kidding me. He's like, and he's just blown away. And I was blown away. And because in the way we had been operating for, this is probably like 10 years later from that lesson. Yeah, it, to me, that's just another one of those things that just does not compute. Like, how can you not be, how can you say that to someone? Well, this is a great conversation. because It's so helpful to people listening because it's, it, it even links to customer service. Mm-hmm. My wife had an experience with Costco recently where, and we, we joked about it, like their customer service lasts forever. It's like you bring something in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've used this thing 8,000 times over the last 48 years. Will you take it back? Oh, sure. Just go put it over there. Give me money back. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm being exaggerative, but you know my point. There's some companies yeah. that are so obsessed with taking accountability for their customer service that they go, okay, out of the gazillions of dollars we're making, we're going to take a certain percentage and recognize that we're always going to say yes. What do you mean always going to say yes? It means we're always going to take accountability and that we're going to put our customer service right at the top of the line and we're just going to address that in our profits and, 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 and the whole business model altogether. We're going to call it shrinkage, but it's actually going to call it accountability shrinkage. We're always going to say yes to our customers. And because we're going to do that, the number is actually going to go down. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, and what a wonderful way to be accountable with customer service yet, at least a lot of businesses I work with or have seen and participated with, I'm sure you have just still don't get that idea. Nope. 30 days have passed. Nope. 31 day. You can't return this or nope. Don't want to listen to you. Interesting. It is. And and when you're accountable, it's um, like an example you provide. And and again, back to our company, we, we were a standout. Because yeah, I would see it on the look on people's faces when we just said, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, we'll we'll, we'll take care of that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was our that was our bad, you know, for sure. We'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. And there's this like kind of like a pause, like like they're ready to fight and argue and you know, well, right? Like you know, but I think good. what we because I think what we often forget about too, Craig, as as a business owner, as a business leader who has who has customers, we sometimes forget the effort it took to get the customer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So once you have them, you're like, no, no, let's keep them. So let's just say yes, all the, as much as we can, because 
because again, audience listening, the cost to get that customer back, I don't know if you want to go through that. Yeah, acquiring new customers is more costly than keeping them. That's that's for sure. It's and it's tough. It's tough. It takes a lot of time and energy and, and resources. Your book, Business Kung Fu, unique blend yes. of business acumen, martial arts. Awesome. It's in color, guys. Uh, Craig is yes. a high quality product here. It's in color. Uh, it's probably got good quality paper. It's got hardcover. Yeah. See, look at that. Exactly. What key takeaways, Craig, from your book? Uh, do you think are most beneficial for the community here in the business athlete performance lab well, for, for Bapple, especially for those embarking on new chapters in their life? Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, the first chapter I talk about laying the foundation, and this is, this is important for your audience, these, especially these athletes that are transitioning and, and looking for something new. Um, so I'm talking about laying the foundation, you know, for uh, entrepreneur journey. And part of that, I have a model called the, five elements of entrepreneurship. And that is based on the five element model in Chinese culture that applies to uh, martial arts and, and medicine and, and spiritual systems. It's a uh, five element theory, which, you know, those, those five elements are, are fire and earth, water, metal and wood, right? Now what I've, I've adopted that five element theory and cause I noticed a pattern over the years. Oh yeah. Through my journey, through my experience, and what I have observed, um, I believe that this is the five elements of entrepreneurship. And the first one starts with passion. And you have to have a passion about something to really embark on an entrepreneurial journey because the entrepreneurial journey is not easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it, right? Because of the, the benefits that are derived freedom, right? Um, so passion. And when I started my uh, first company, it was through a passion of combining uh, my passion for music, because I was a musician, and also for technology to create something new, right? Um, today, I'm taking my passion uh, for uh, energy, medicine, Qigong, and, and combining it with uh, business consulting to create something new. So passion is that first element that you really need. You really need to find something that's going to light your fire. Mm -hmm. Now, passion leads to discipline, the second element. And discipline, you know, as we talked about, you know, showing up, being productive, being effective, uh, but passion fuels discipline. Okay? It leads, it's a, it's a generative cycle. Um, in, in ancient Chinese five element theory, there's the generative uh, cycle and then the destructive cycle that goes the opposite direction. So passion generates discipline. Because if you think about it, when you're really highly passionate about something, does it really feel like work? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, it doesn't. It, it, you can go all day long, all night long, whatever. It's fun. It's like exciting. It's cool. It's an adventure. It's it's awesome. You're you're in the moment. You're in the flow, right? And just like when an athlete is performing on the field and they get in that flow state, I like to call it a rhythm state. The mm -hmm. name of my company was Rhythm, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you get in that state, and it's it's that's what you know. That passion helps fuel that discipline over time. You know, you still need that discipline because things now not everything is is butterflies and rain, rainbows, right? There's times where things can be grindy uh, and that's where that discipline really needs to kick in. And you have to work on that being disciplined like we talked about. Now, discipline leads to the next element, which is expertise. Expertise meaning that you have expert skills around this area of endeavor uh, that you have, right? Because if you're working hard at something through dis taking a disciplined approach to doing the work, 
because there are no no shortcuts. There really is, right? You got to do the work and it takes discipline to do the work. And when you do that work in a disciplined manner, you will build expertise, expert skills, right? And once you have that expertise in place, well, then that generates the next element, which is confidence. Because if you think about it, when you're really great at something, you're confident. You know, when you, when you're when you're not great at something, you're just kind of in the beginning stages and you're like, oh, maybe I can do that. I don't know. You know, you have all the self-doubt and hesitation and then you get good at it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And you get great at it. You get excellent at it. You're, you're highly confident. Hey, I can do that. That's like I said, that earlier example, when uh, some people would ask me, like, I remember the first CD-ROM project I worked on, I, can you do that? Oh yeah, I can do it. I had never, never did a thing with CD-ROMs before. But I knew I would figure it out because I was confident enough in my design and programming abilities and my 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 mind that I could get it done. Right. So that confidence, that, the confidence in being able to do something in today's world and then having social proof for that. I've never seen something with more value than that these days. It's like mm -hmm. uh, I, I you have a degree. I don't care. What can you do? Show me proof. That's right. There's so many people that I hired that uh, I didn't really care that they had a college degree or not. Show me, show me what you can do. Let me see your portfolio. Which pulls from the idea of your confidence though, right? Cause if you can, so again, we like to offer tangible nuggets. If you find something you're passionate at and then you go be good at it because in today's world, you can go teach yourself how to do something online and go learn how to do it and then become really good at it and build confidence at it and then repeat it and go tell the world about it. You got yourself a business. And I'm, yeah. and I'm appreciative of you, what you shared, because Craig, that's been me for the last three months with this show, right? Mm -hmm. You watch show number one to show this, whatever, 59, 60, I, I, this is all brand new to me. My confidence, my, I know how to do this. Now I could sell somebody how to do this now because I do it every single day. So you can hear in my confidence today yes. compared to what it was a month ago. And so you speaking, I'm thinking, yeah, the guy's act, the guy's serving me up his Kool-Aid because I can really, really relate to what he's saying. And anybody listening to this show over the last number of weeks or months can go, yeah, I can hear Bill is coming along as well with what Craig is saying, because it's kind of, it's happening in front of our ears. Yeah, that's cool. So this is, this is exactly it. This is why I call it the five elements of entrepreneurship. This is yes. the journey you're on. You have this passion for probably sharing and yes. the podcast is a medium for that. Yes. And, and, and then you went about it full on with discipline because you yes. are a disciplined guy, right? Yes. And because of that, you got awesome skills because you're, you're conducting the show like a pro. And like before we came on, I was, I was complimenting you like, dude, you got something really cool here. Like the production value is fantastic. Appreciate right? that. Yeah. I'm glad, and, uh, I'm glad we're recording this right now. <laughs> and, uh, now you have this confidence because you've created something awesome and you're great at it. And now this will lead up to the next element, uh, mm. which you, know, you can have your point, your, your perspective on it. Uh, the confidence generates faith. And when I say faith, what I mean is belief in yourself and belief in a higher power. Because I, I advocate that personally mm -hmm. and I have a story to share along those lines. Um, but you have to at least believe in yourself. Because this is what's going to get you through the darkest nights when you are at a moment that you're at, you're standing at the cliff and you're questioning, should I jump? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. Because there's many times I want to quit, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't. And mm -hmm. it's what faith, faith is what 
makes you persevere and, and it's that faith that brings out the warrior spirit in you so that you can get through those toughest challenges and overcome. I know I asked you before show if we had a little extra time to go into overtime and with your permission, I would love to go into overtime for two specific topics. Can we? Sure. Absolutely. Let's do it. So two themes often weave into the lab here. One of them by my choice. Um, and we'll get to that one second, which is music. You've alluded to it a couple of times and I'm intrigued because I think music's been a part of your life and I'm, and I mm-hmm. love it. It's been a big, as you can tell, it opens a show. It's a big part. It's a soundtrack to life. So, uh, music's important to me. So we'll go there in a moment. Okay. But you mentioned faith. Faith has come into the lab often. Uh, mm-hmm. Athletes, business leaders, and I hear different stories linked to faith. I would love to hear your story about faith and how it's taken you to where you've gotten to in your life, Craig. Sure. So um, I've always had a strong sense of faith, you know, growing up, uh, actually um, went to for a period of, of my youth, uh, Catholic school. Mm-hmm. which is interesting, <laughs> you know, cause there's, there's pros and cons with that whole. So my kids go to Catholic school. Yeah. Right. They, they, do. And, they do. And, and I'll just serve this up on the table. Uh, I look at going to Catholic school, no different than if you went to math school or English school or religious school, it's, it's just another, it's, it's an educational topic. The kids learn. Um, yeah. It's a system. It's like a, a set, instilling yes. a set of core values in a, in yes. a system of conduct. Right. Yes. And that, that's some great, um, Cons about it. It's just the institution itself is where, you know, so that, that, that's a whole other discussion for a different yeah. show. But yeah, no, my, exactly. kids, my, my kids are able to uh, uh, choose whatever they want to choose. I appreciate the values and what they've learned by going to Catholic school. Um, but they're, they're being raised that it's, it's no different than a, another subject that they're learning and they can form their right. own belief systems along the way. If they want to believe in math as the superpower, then go believe in math. I don't care what you believe. <laughs> go have a belief in something. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. So, and, and then over the years, um, yeah, I just have, uh, just a natural affinity to, uh, like a spiritual connection, let's call it that. Mm-hmm. And, and through the Qigong practice, it's actually, it has made that connection so much stronger mm-hmm. and it's interesting, uh, in the program and, and, uh, part of what they, they've taught, cause there's some, some interesting spiritual topics that we delve into, uh, all these various cultures from around the world, we have these different religions and belief systems and structures and all, all that. And it's like, you can have it like, a like say a pizza pie, right? Mm-hmm. All these slices and at the edge, there's all these differences, wide differences between all these systems. But as you get closer to the core, the center, and the center is the true divine source, God, right? Mm-hmm. As you get closer to that, those slices are much thinner. So the differences between them are much less because mm-hmm. when you're working with your, your three bodies, the physical body, energy body, spirit body, and you're cultivating energy and you're working with that to connect to the divine, a lot of these different systems and structures do it the same way. They just have different labels and, and um, ways of classifying and organizing things, mm-hmm. but it's very similar actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I do have this really strong uh, belief that there's a lot more to the world uh, than what we see. And I've had, you know, all kinds of experiences uh, to validate for myself with that. Um, from a business perspective, uh, one story I'll share, which was a neat moment for me, and where faith comes in. Uh, it, this was probably about three, four years into the business. And I was uh, working late at night and um, by myself. And the office at the time uh, was this like industrial office. Um, mm-hmm. 
and there's like this warehouse I, I shared it with my parents they also had this small automatic fire sprinkler system company and it's just a really small industrial building at that time the recession had taken away most of their business so we had shared the office space so both of us could save money <laughs> so i had uh set up a portion of where i did the production work in that warehouse space and my dad had built this wall that didn't go to the ceiling but it was really cold in the winter and hot in the summer. And uh, so I was inside the thermostat in the office, little office at 48 degrees, but I was in the warehouse. So it was probably even colder than that, bundled up jacket, you know, cold. And it's like past midnight and I'm working away and, and I'm not making any money struggling. I'm just like in this moment of despair. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? Why, why am I doing this? This is stupid. Like, because I had, you know, friends that are being successful, doing things and blah, blah, blah. And here I am like, you know, really struggling and, you know, feeling sorry for myself. Right. And, and, um, really actually got into a really depressed moment and such despair, even like, you know, a little bit of tears come down my eye, just like, what am I doing? I'm like, you know, just mm -hmm. lost. Mm -hmm. And I, I decided to check my email. So I checked my email and I get this message from one of my vendors, uh, hosting company that we use digital forest was their name at the time. The owner's name was Chris. So it's from the owner, Chris. And this email is talking about, he's talking about what a struggle it was for him as a business owner in the early days. And he was, it's like, he went, he was thanking everybody, thanking all his customers. He's like, I want to thank all of you for all your business and support over the years. And then he started getting into the struggle and how he was ready to quit a bunch of, a bunch of times. And, um, right then he, he said that he got over it and he was very successful. And now he's just looking at, he sold his business. And he's looking at when he can find time for the vacation and, you know, looking at that email, it came right at a divine moment of when I needed it. And it, it got me through that night. And I woke up the next morning, came back in and I just had hope, hope for the future because of that email that I got at that exact time that I needed it. It was divine providence, mm -hmm. you know, things like that happen. And that's uh, faith. I recognize that. Oh, okay. That message was for me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I needed to hear that. And I had hope. And that's where, uh, what I'm talking about, where faith uh, gets you um, past those moments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whether it's faith, whether it's belief, whether it's spirituality, it's having something to lean into. It's to, yes. Right. It's really having something to lean into to get you through a moment. And it's absolutely a theme that is weaving itself. Uh, I am the most fortunate human being, Craig. I get to sit with a new human every single day of the week and hear their stories. And these commonalities that I'm hearing, right, it's it's especially from entrepreneurs and people that have um, have a story to tell. There's these commonalities just continue to blow me away. I'm just so, so fortunate. Um, yeah. So listen, so secondly, uh, music, rhythm. Yep. You have yep. weaved music into our dialogue a few times here today. Uh, you're from California. Uh, mm -hmm. well, talk about music and influence in your life. Is it, it have you, are you, are you, why, I mean, what's up with music and Craig? I'm trying to find the right question here. What's okay. up with music and Craig? Yeah, so I actually started um, playing piano at the age of seven. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I played classical piano. That's what, what I That's started you. training on. Yeah, when I was 13, um, you know, I was into heavy metal and rock, so I wanted yes. to play the guitar. <laughs> so I, I started playing guitar and I learned guitar uh, at the age of 13. And then um, then I was in some some bands as I, I think when I was 16, I was in my first band. Uh, and I, in my early 20s, I was in this uh, reggae, ska, rock 
and you know, kind of sublimish. Love yeah, it. Was, it, was cool. it, was, it was so much fun. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. I just had a great big passion for music and I was open to all kinds of music. I appreciated uh, you know, all, all mm. forms of music for the most part. Um, uh, except for the, like the deep, dark stuff, <laughs> no thanks. Like the heavy, fast, super fast, dark, stuff. like no, never. No. But you know, pretty much all forms of music, I was like just appreciative to. I liked it, and it was a big part of my life. And you know, the company I named its name was Rhythm. Yeah, you know, that's because of the music background. Um, yeah, but it was cool because Rhythm actually it it was a great name for the company moving forward because really there's a rhythm to all things in the universe. Rhythm is in everything and everywhere. There is the law of rhythm, actually, uh, hermetic principle, the law of rhythm. So, um, but again, started the company with the name Rhythm, and it was, it was meant to market independent music at the beginning. So, music was a huge passion of mine moving moving forward um, in life, and and yeah, music's just great. It, it's it. it ignites the soul and it's a great way to creatively express yourself and there's all kinds of ways to do that and, and today what people are doing with um, being so creative with so many different technologies applying it to music it's, it's wild you know it's it's just amazing what people do as music continues to evolve and genres blend and there's just endless bounds of creativity it's just amazing it's so it's so uh, music's the soundtrack to life it, it, it i say it is it always is and um it's really intriguing to me as we continue to move more into a digital AI generated era around the new sounds, the new music, you know, the new genres that might evolve from some of these new yeah. technologies, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Now some stuff I'm kind of like, I'm starting to show them that, the, like what my kids listen to and I'm like the generation gap. I'm like, Oh man, that's different. That's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, you know, like wow, okay, okay. That's it. You know, that's yeah, it. that's it. But it's cool. It's awesome. Hey, Craig, was there anything that I did not ask you today that you wanted to talk about? You that you wished we talked about? Was there anything that you want to put on the table that our audience should know about you? Now's your time to you know, pump the book, uh, business kung fu. Pump how they can get a hold of you. Uh, so if it's something that you have said has resonated with the audience, how can they find you? Okay, great. Yeah, thank you for this. Uh, yeah, we covered a lot of ground, which is awesome. Thank you for taking uh, so much mm -hmm. time of your day mm -hmm. with me. Uh, to get the book, it's it's available on Amazon in uh, hardcover format and also paperback and Kindle. Uh, at the moment, it's only available on, on Amazon. I would like to get it on other platforms uh, and distribution, um, but it, it was just released like a month ago. So um, this is, and this is all new to me. Like, whoa, this is a whole other world, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's exciting and cool and fun though. Um, and an audio book I'd like to do as well. But at the moment, Amazon, um, paperback, hardcover, Kindle. Um, also my website for my business consulting, csquaredpro.io. That's the letter C, okay. squaredpro.io. And I talk about my consulting. And then I also talk about, I label it energetic practices, yeah. how I'm wanting to incorporate Qigong. Uh, I do have a separate website for just my energy medicine practice, uh, C2 Energy Medicine. That's the letter C and the number two, C2 Energy Medicine. And then I'm on LinkedIn, Craig Cook, easy LinkedIn slash in Craig Cook, Twitter, Craig Cook, Instagram, okay. Craig Cook. Yeah, I was early enough to be able to just get my name on, on those. So yeah, LinkedIn's a great, great way. Go into my website. Uh, is a great way um yeah and and if um anyone that happens to purchase the book uh, leaving a re honest review i would highly appreciate it because you know amazon uh, 
gives a lot of credit to reviews to make sure they feel that a book is legitimate. So and it's, I've been getting great reviews and I'm really appreciative and grateful for the, the positive response that I've received so far. Fantastic. Uh, Craig, I asked this question of, I, I guess I do have one last question for you. I asked this question of, a, of another guest who had previously written a book and written a book. And I'm going to ask the same question of you. What advice would you give to me about writing a book? Oh, just get started. I think that's probably one of the um, hardest things to do and stick with it. You know, it took me 12 years to get this done, but yeah. no way, no way was I going to quit. You know, yeah, just do it. You just got to do it. Get the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step, right? Take yeah. that first step and and don't quit. Um, you, know, you have something to share. We all have something to share. A lot of people that would like to write a book, uh, the vast majority of them don't. I think it's like eighty-seven percent of the people that want to write a book don't. You know, so don't be one of those. Be one of the doers, not a spectator. Interesting. Be 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 a doer, not a spectator. I, I I've chosen yeah. not to write a book instead. Craig Cook, I've chosen to start a show. I've started to start, yes. I started to a uh, start a SaaS company, a show as a service. There you go, awesome. I like that. Yeah, right. We go yeah, every it, single day. We're, we're accountable to people. We're sharing good stories. We're meeting great authors yeah. like yourself. And uh, you know, Live in the Lab is a SaaS company. We're a show as a service. We drop every single day in somebody's inbox, giving them good stuff throughout their day. That's awesome, man. <laughs> I, I love that show as a service. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I appreciate you coming by. You give me you're very, very grateful with your time today. 75 minutes we got on the clock. So that's uh, that means we had a good chat when it's overtime. So I thank you for that. Uh, I'm going to stick you back off in the green room and uh, say goodbye to the audience and uh, we'll bring you back to walk you out of the lab. All right. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you everybody for your time and attention. I appreciate it. Awesome. Hang tight, my friend. All right, we're going to do that there and going to put me up here and we're going to see if this one's still on. No, I mean this one. Oh, it is still on. There you go. Wonderful. So, so sometimes the battery on this one dies uh, on, on the camera over here. I'm going to try to play some tunes out of the lab as we walk out of here on a... Uh... There we go. Oh, it's seven-year-old Craig Cook playing piano. He's laughing off in the green room right now. He's just digging it. Yeah, who knew? Who knew he can tinkle the ivories so good? Oh, and he's probably a drummer too. It's him playing his band back then. So that that was not planned. You guys know how I work here. I got the old music, the old epidemic sound in front of me here. Show ends and I go hit the button. And, the, and, the, and then, then the music plays and the words just flow out of my mouth. So what's flowing out of here today? Gratitude. Thank you all for tuning in all week. Thank you all for subscribing to the newsletter inside.bapple.ai yeah try that again <laughs> subscribe inside.bapple.ai you get our stuff delivered every day in the inbox as well as into the old podcast machine uh, we're going to reassess the inbox stuff but at very least going to show up in the podcast don't want to don't, don't, don't want people to get tired of what we're sending them most importantly we're sending them accountable stuff so go subscribe inside.bapple.ai and we will be here over the holidays so uh, to help you stay accountable, to help me stay accountable, we're together in this together, guys. We're in the lab, the accountability lab, the business athlete performance lab. See you guys tomorrow. I'm Keith. I'm out of here.